Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 138 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And I, along with everyone else, now know what it sounds like when doves cry. Aww. Yeah. Joel finally Damn caught it. up to Millhouse. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a, it seemed inappropriate to have an actual joke joke for the couch gag this week. Yeah, that, it is sad. So, Good night, sweet prince. Mm. Oh. I like, yeah. what you, like what you did there. Thank you cocky but yet respectful (laughs) (laughs) if you haven't figured it out we are going over a a very abbreviated uh look at prince's career we talked about doing prince uh last week after his passing and let's just say guy's done a lot of stuff very Mm -hmm. very prolific so about everything yeah i mean so we're kind of we're kind of eyeballing it this week with all of his studio albums so everything he's recorded in his studio and then um some of the movies that he's been involved with so they're just kind of keeping it keeping it light on his career because when you really start reading about the stuff that he's done for himself for other people and all that it's you realize exactly what the music industry has lost by it's kind of mind-boggling. It really is. It really is. So, but in the meantime, if you want your mind boggled, yes, if you'd like your mind boggled, you can uh, check out the podcast collective. Yes, where uh, we are featured along with many other shows, including the Bad Parenting Podcast, Joel's own solo show, the uh, Happy Sunshine Happy Pants Hour. Yeah, no hope for for humanity. And the Coffin Joe cast, yeah. which uh, all of us have appeared on, Joel, every week, and the, the rest of us uh, now and again. Yeah, we show up every now and then, come by Killa saying Wilbur. hello to Killa. Uh, but also, you can also find us on Geek Life Radio. That's at noon on uh, Saturdays. And I don't think the turnbuckle throwbacks are on anymore. Oh. <gasps> what? Hey, are they the new Left Field Sports Lounge? They, might, <laughs> they might be the new Left Field Sports Lounge, because I, I swear the last time I checked the schedule... Um, they were not on there. So was that what they did? Show they did after the Field Sports Lounge ended? Was Maybe they just go from ended? sports podcast to sports podcast failing. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> well, if you're a sports podcast fan and you'd like to uh, roast, <laughs> flame roast me for that, you can. Uh, what what is the guy's name? I can't remember his name. Um, he was he, he's known for killing TV Knuckle shows Face every Jones. time he's on him, huh? Knuckleface Jones. <laughs> is this reference more important than the voicemail number, Pat? <laughs> not not in the slightest. <laughs> well, that voicemail number then is seven zero eight now wrap. That's seven zero eight six six nine nine seven two seven. All right, we are. <laughs> I'll get back to you in a couple of days about that one. Yeah, you let that one stew for a little while. See what you see what you got. Yeah. In the meantime, if you ever want to catch Pat on his uh, uh, improv comedy tour, that's pretty much what you're going to get right there. So <laughs> <laughs> he just goes up while other people are telling jokes and like, hey, you know, I, I got something to say, I, but I'm, I'm not Kanye sure West. what. <laughs> I'm the Kanye West of open mic nights. <laughs> I'm going to let you tell your joke, but first. <laughs> Hey, we go, but first, we actually have a voicemail. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's all listen to this thing. Hey, guys, Justin from Portland here. Wanted to welcome you to the Podcast Collective Network and say thank you for joining. I apologize for not getting this voicemail in sooner, but things have been a little hectic. 
And I just wanted to say that we're super happy to have 40 going on 14 as part of the network. And we look forward to a Better future be. collaboration with you guys. So keep up the good work. Love your show. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. That was uh, Justin, the founder of the Podcast Collective. Speaking Justin, of which, I, had you guys heard the uh, the bumper he's been working on? No. It's creepy as hell. I gotta. We have to send some of this. You know is what, though, for uh, his show for a bad. No, it's for the. It's for podcast collective. It's yeah, the, we have to say you will be assimilated stuff. So, but you um, will be Locutus of Borg. You know what this means, though. If he's in Seattle, we have to have like a road trip to go out to Seattle. He's in Portland. Well, then that too. Nice. I think it's about that time. Is it about Justin from Portland? It's not just a clever name. Yes, it is about that time. It is about that time. This week in music, movies, and TV. And Prince. Who loves sports. (laughs) That's true. I mean, if you challenge him to a game of basketball, you'll lose and then he'll make you pancakes. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Or calling you a bitch. All right, so the theme of this one is uh, April 7th, 1978. That is the release of Prince's first album, entitled For You, where he sang about uh, sex. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, that one. Yeah. That was a comic <laughs> theme. Yeah. St- stick with what you know, first I guess. the last album to revolve around sex. <laughs> All right, so music. The number one song of the year was Shadow Dancing by Andy Gibb. Shadow Dancing. The- <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Thank you. Who Is knew that... the pack could bust out a mean gib? <laughs> I just wanted to say ladies. mean gib. <laughs> All the ladies know, trust me. All right, and that followed closely behind by Night Fever by the Bee Gees. Night Fever? Yeah. Night that? Fever, Night Fever. Oh, okay. I got it confused. They also held the number four spot with uh, Staying Alive. And the number six spot with uh, the acronym of the week comes early. It is. I, I, I actually have one. It's for Josh. Mm-hmm. You know, since Josh, Josh is the one that wrote it, I think I have an acronym for the week. It's H-D-I-Y-L. Oh. Yeah. Is, oh, wait. So Pat has to do it this time? No, I'm no, just going to throw one out before, jo- before Josh crushes it with a better one. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Horse dicks in your lemonade. God <laughs> damn it. Mine was horse dicks in your lunchbox. Oh. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's we've fantastic. Been, <laughs> we've been hanging out together too much. Yeah, 25 years. Who knew who knew that we would all have the same sense of humor, huh? <laughs> that that's obviously how deep is your love, correct? Yes. yes. That is obviously <laughs> what deep that is. Your lemonade. <laughs> I think I like yours better. Uh, well, I guess it's going to be between uh, 12 to 14 inches deep, I guess. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's uh, Andy's Gibbs horse stick is at number eight. No, oh, no, that, that was, was at uh, number six. And number eight was Love is Thicker Than Water. And apparently Lemonade. Oh, Disco Central in 1978. I love disco. I don't ma- I don't even apologize for it. No, you I'm shouldn't so apologize. I just love disco. You know, it's, it's like any other music. There is some really good disco and there is some really bad disco. That's entirely like, that's true. Yes. You know, so... But, but it's, uh, it's music that's made to like dance to. It's literally all it's made. In it. So how can I mean? It just touches your touches your soul, makes you want to dance. Your booty. But then again, I just I've seen shake you, your booty. I've seen you dance. Yeah, well, I, I'm not saying I should. Some people shouldn't dance, but I mean, he still makes you want to. Right. You've seen me gyrate. I don't really necessarily know if it was dancing. It was. Well, I thought you were having a seizure. I I only have rhythm when I'm laying down. A sexy seizure. <laughs> <laughs> you mean farting on a waterbed, don't you? <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, so before we go totally derailed on this, uh, the sunset. I past the first line. I know. <laughs> the sunset in 1978 for the Who's Keith Moon as he took too many prescription pills and died. Uh, One of the best drummers of all time. Agreed. I an uh, insane person. And I still I, fall back on my favorite Keith Moon thing. has got to be when he was on the Smothers Brothers and decided that putting twice as much uh, gunpowder <laughs> oh, in his yeah. drum to blow it up was the great was awesome. idea. He almost, he almost killed Pete Townsend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then Pete Townsend say he like, permanently lost hearing in his ear. He lost like 20% hearing in one ear. For That's crazy. <laughs> So good, so good, good ideas all around over there. And if you if you want to have a good time, look up, just do a search for you know, and read read some stories on Keith Moon on stuff that he did when he cars and swimming pools. <laughs> he he was the one of the original party like a rock star guys. Nice. He I set the bar pretty high. I was going to say he set the bar. <laughs> so honestly, uh, <clears throat> in movies, the theaters are overflowing with eclectic films this year, including Grease, Superman. Why am I talking like that? I Animal House and Joel. <laughs> I was wondering myself. And and Joel's favorite horror film of all time, Dawn of the Dead, directed by George A. Romero, the godfather of the zombie film. If you would like showtimes for those movies, <laughs> press one. <laughs> yeah, you were going a little movie phone there. I know, I know, right? Um, so yeah, so, God, I've seen all those... Okay, let's see. Out of those four, you get to keep one. Which one is it? Dawn of Animal the Dead. House. Animal House. Dawn of the Dead. Mm, that says a lot right there. <laughs> but Josh and I have good taste. Oh, is that the one oh. the shopping mall? Yep. Yes, and I, I love Animal House. Don't it's care. also, uh, yeah, Joel and I have the same favorite horror film, so that that's really not fair. <laughs> yeah, so Animal House was one of my favorites it, too. Animal House is Animal House, man. That's that's yeah. in my top. Two. I I gotcha. No, yeah. it's it's not an easy decision for me, but one is like my favorite movie in the category of all time, and yeah, Animal House like, is like, awesome. <clears throat> Animal House is in my comedy top ten, and that's in your horror top ten. So yeah, I can see. Yeah. All right, so this same year, a 12-year-old Brooke Shields stars in Pretty Baby, a film about a whorehouse, co-starring a young Susan Sarandon. Ugh. And the U, the U is for Brooke Shields in a whorehouse, not Susan Sarandon. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> Well, I've never really understood the appeal of Susan Sarandon, so I got I, I could see that you. I never really? understood the appeal of a twelve-year-old Brooke Shields. <laughs> well, you've obviously never seen Pretty Baby, and have, we're on a list. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I got news for you. I've, I've been on that list. <laughs> Shit. So I both wrote that Brooke list. Shields and Jodie Foster got started playing underage prostitutes. Yep. Although Crazy. in Pretty Baby, that's a bit more explicit than it is in Taxi yeah. Driver. Exactly. All right, before this goes down a really, really bad rabbit hole. <laughs> We're not doing the Michael Jackson show. Keep moving. Yeah, so uh, TV. The top TV shows are Laverne and Shirley, Happy Days, and Mork and Mindy. Three's Company and the Roper spinoff, Reign Supreme. Spinoff, Reign Supreme. <laughs> Jesus, who wrote this? I did. <laughs> Sorry, I was in a hurry. Good God. I think it's the unnecessary apostrophe. I know. It's the, I think I think the apostrophes are the one thing. It's like you sneeze periods all over this thing. I well, did. he started capitalizing things, and you know how he's not used to that. So. Yeah. Uh, well, the point was is that Laverne and Shirley Happy Days and Morgan Mindy were all spinoffs of each other, and Three's Company and the Ropers were spinoffs, and they were all ABC shows, and they were all in the top spot. Nice. Which tells us a lot about 1978. <laughs> yeah. What's-his-face was making Merv. Was it, was it Merv Griffin making all those? Who was that? He made the game shows, I thought. Right. Yeah, but I mean, it was, uh, it was kind of... No, it was... Um, oh, Gary Marshall. Yeah. yeah. Means Gary Marshall was yeah. making a ton of money. All right. All Out right. of those shows, all five of those shows, which show would you pick? Oh, damn mm. it. Uh, i go with Laverne and Shirley. I'd have to go with Mark and Mindy. I'm thinking Three's Company, just because I love John Ritter. 
Come on, knock on our door. Come on, knock on our door. I'm going with the Ropers. Fuck you all. (laughs) No, no, Laverne and Shirley. Honestly, if I between ah shit, but then we're you know what though? I take I can't I can't you know fuck the Ropers actually, but take the rest of the other four. That's good. That's uh, not how that works. uh, (laughs) Mork and Mindy with no Jonathan Winters. Mork and Mindy. No, no. Laverne and Shirley. Yep. My favorite scene from Laverne and Shirley has got to be when Squiggy has to retake his driving test. Yes. And she's describing uh, this whole intersection, who turns first thing, and she goes, all right, now this, that, and the other. She explains the whole thing. Here's a piece of paper. Draw what I'm going to say. She takes like a good minute and a half to describe this traffic thing. And he goes, Does this look like Batman? (laughs) (laughs) She tries to kill him. And Boo Boo Kitty. And they have a milk and Pepsi. Right. So, so just to keep things light, Joel, who wrote the twee this week, uh, not think, not necessarily TV related, but don't drink the Kool-Aid. Uh, Jim Jones got 909 of his cult followers to commit suicide, including many children, by drinking poisoned Kool-Aid in his Jonestown commune. Uh, history has taught us it was actually flavor aid, though. Uh, Kool-Aid man was framed. Oh, yeah, or no. Oh, no. (laughs) Did you see the meme that's going around right now? This is the best boxer of all time, Jim Jones. He knocked out 909 people with one punch. Oh, Oh. Oh, that is terrible. That's awesome. Uh, well, that's yeah, a really, that, that's a really fucked up story, though. If you if you guys, yeah, it is. It, it really it really is. Watch the movie The Sacrament at some point, directed by Ty West. It's a kind of a take on that. Yeah, in case you're feeling you a good feeling, in case you're feeling down and out, you yeah. can probably watch that. You'll feel much better. Stuff, stuff like that is the main reason why I haven't started my own cult. I don't want to end up like you know killing a thousand people. That and nobody would follow you. <laughs> so you think that? So sports. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I love to jump into this. Uh, <laughs> Whether or not I could actually start a cult. I tried yeah. that. In uh, men's tennis, Guillermo Vias won the Australian Open for the first time, which he also repeated the following year for a total of four Grand Slam titles in his career. So, tennis. Awesome. Yep. Yes. Uh, Bjorn Borg won the Wimbledon for the third straight year, a streak that continued for two more years. Wow. And five. in a horrific accident in Penrith Park, Panther Prop... John Farragher is left a quadriplegic after breaking his neck in a scrum, the worst accident in rugby league history. It's not funny, but you said that all so well. And when you said Farragher, all I heard was, Ermagerd. <laughs> That's what they were saying after he broke his neck. Ermagerd, Farragher. Oh, Farragher's oh, down. Oh, shit. Scrum, scrum. <laughs> what is Panther prop? I don't know. Well, a panther would be the name of the team. Yeah, and prop is a uh, position on the team. The, one of the two guys that holds up. Uh, I know the scrum is like a bridge, and there's uh, some people are being held up. Yeah, and the props yeah, the are the people holding the them up. Huddle, huddle thing. Yeah, yeah, and I think they actually. I think the props are the people that they actually have a move where they grab the legs of one of the guys and throw them in the air. Have you seen that? And wave them like they just don't care. Jesus Christ. All right, so Prince. <laughs> and that's the end of Twee. And rap. So, uh, good God, what the hell's wrong with us tonight? <laughs> so, June 7th, 1958, a boy named Prince is born, which is true. His name was Prince Rogers Nelson. Yep. So, he was named after, he was, his father was nicknamed, he was a jazz musician. His nickname was Prince. And so... 
carry it on, he named Prince after himself, basically. Hmm. And he wanted him to carry on and do the things he wasn't able to do because his mom was a singer and his dad was a jazz musician. So he wanted him to go beyond what he was capable of doing. And I'd say he succeeded. Yeah, I'd definitely say he got that checklist finished off. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So uh, Prince, born, uh, what did I just say, 1958. Mm -hmm. Uh, Multi-talented singer-producer, musician- uh, actor, songwriter, songwriter direct. Yeah. I mean, this, he, he did so much. I think it's one of those things where it's like, you didn't exactly, I don't think we actually knew how much he has done until we started reading into what, uh, what he, what it, his history. Well, um, he's got, he's got vaults at home just full of things that he recorded. I mean, he was pretty much recording every waking hour. Yeah. So his styles, specifically, I would say his number one style, I, w- I would call it funk. Funk pop, yeah. yeah. Funk R&D, pop. funk with some rock influence, yeah. Yeah. There's he, even a little bit of jazz influence in there. Yeah. I mean, he takes every, I mean, takes everything that he knows and adds it to every album that he's done. I mean, it's, all of them, it's pretty much like one of those things where when you hear a Prince song start up, you can tell it's him. Well, and that's one of the things I think that, that made him so successful is that you can't really pin him down to one anything. You know, he dresses very feminine, but he's a very masculine figure. His music doesn't really classify as R&B, pop. It can be played on just about any station other than maybe country. Um, and he is incorporates all of it so that it's you never quite know what you're going to get, you know? I'm looking up Prince Country song. <laughs> and i get there. the hear the song prince wrote for kenny rogers are you serious <laughs> wow rogers 1989 song you're my love was penned by the late legend of the pseudonym joey coco oh my god i <clears throat> i did not expect that yeah but and, I, well and that's the other thing is that he wrote a lot of songs for other people in fact you, I mean, we all know um, Nothing Compares to You, yeah. written for Sinead O'Connor and performed by Sinead O'Connor, but written by Prince. Yep. Um, one very little known one, The Bangles' Manic Monday, yep. written by Prince. He created the time. Yep. He- yeah, oh, God, that... that I mean... Uh, oh, yo, yo, yo. <laughs> yep. Wendy and Lisa spun off because of him. Apollo... Uh, Ap- how do you Apollonia. say Apollonia Six. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he was also it, known across the board. I mean, he well, he didn't want to always be recognized for the stuff he was doing. I guess because he didn't want it to take away from, I guess, the Prince moniker. So he was also known as Jamie Starr, uh, Alexander Nevermind, Joey Coco, <laughs> and um, the symbol, the little Ankh looking thing that he became in the uh, early '90s, and then the artist formerly known as Prince. So, but yeah, he was actually. People started calling him Taff Cap for short, and he did not like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, this guy, he won um, seven Grammys. He's got a Golden Globe and an Academy Award for, for uh, Purple Rain. Yep, which is amazing. And I'm not surprised he didn't do something on Broadway at some point and earn a, <laughs> a Tony or something on TV to earn an Emmy. I, I'm surprised that didn't happen, honestly. Prince on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> Watch, there'll be. I, you know, at some point, there's going to be a show based on his music. They're going to do like a Purple Rain. Oh yeah, yeah. He's Broadway show. Or come something. back from the dead and sue everybody. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. So, Maybe. also, what Joel was saying earlier is this masculinity, that weird mis- masculinity that he had for a guy who wore purple velvet and lace cuffs and high heels and high heels. 
Um, he was romantically linked with everybody, including Kim Bassinger, Madonna, Vanity, Sheila E., Carmen Electra, Susanna Hoffs, Anna Fantastic. I don't know that. Yeah, she. it was a moniker for... Uh, she uh, had her own comic book. <laughs> no, she did not. No? Sherilyn Fenn and Susie, Susan Moon, Moonzy of Vanity 6 and Apollonia 6. Uh, oh, Vanity. I forgot about her. Yeah. yeah. Another one. So, but um, for the symbol thing, it was in the early 90s. Prince got into a contractual battle with Warner Brothers. And in 93, he changed his name to the symbol, which is that little circle with the, like the Anki looking thing it's known a, as the love symbol. It's supposed to be a, it's like a combination of the male female yeah, symbol. Yeah. And then 1993, to get out of his contract, he started rapid firing out albums. <laughs> In yeah. fact, 94, he released 94, 96, and 99. He released two albums a year. And they, they, uh, kind of started to, to call him out on it. Cause I mean, yeah, he just was like, wanted to be done. And some of it is not very good, but even then he was making a lot of, of good music. And to and go that, back. That's, that's a pretty standard thing from, uh, from record companies is to sign a multi album contract with some, with artists. You know, they don't put them in, in for a number of years. They just say, you know, 12 albums, 20 albums, whatever, they end up, you know, for X amount of money. So, I mean, it's, so it's very common, you know, and, and, but he just decided because, you know, creative differences and what, what have you, you know, that he didn't want to give them the, the quality to make the number up, but he just pretty much pumped out what he could real quick. And being Prince, he couldn't put out anything that sucked, but he definitely didn't give it, you know, his 100%. Well, and, and, and at that point in time, a lot of a lot of it, you know, well, and still, the people will put out live albums or greatest hits or things like that to, to get out of it, but he still was putting out music. And going back to the... Um, the, the masculinity thing. It's funny because when I watched Purple Rain, I'd forgotten exactly how like I know he was small, but how skinny he was and how he dressed so effeminately. But yet when he talks and you watch him, he just oozes this kind of like weird masculinity that makes you go, dude, the guy was kind of like badass in a way. I don't know. It's weird. Well, it's, I mean, it, it, it was the 80s, and like, you know, Charlie Murphy said in his sketch about Prince, he said, the, the best looking women in the club were guys. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, 1978, when the uh, year we had chosen it for the Twee, he released the album For You, um, inc- <laughs> included such, uh, top, uh, such songs as the number one song off of this was Soft and Wet. Yep. Yep. That's not shocking. Yeah, no, not really. Uh, the thing is, here's, here's the, the really cool thing about this first album. Prince is listed as all vocals, electric guitar, acoustic guitar, or bass, bass synth, singing bass, fuzz bath, Fender Rhodes electric piano, acoustic piano, mini moog, poly moog, ARP string ensemble, IR, ARP's pro soloist, Oberheim four voice, clavinet, drums, syn drums, water drums, slapsticks, bongos, congas, finger cymbals, and wind chimes, orchestral bells, wood blocks, brush trap, tree bell, hand claps, and finger snaps. So yeah. he made this entire, this whole album is nothing but prints. And, and that's one of the things that, that a lot of people don't realize is that, I mean, number one, he's a control, he was kind of a control freak, but everything he did, he pretty much did all of the instrumentation for most of his albums. Yep. Cause he was just, you know, so talented. He could play dozens of instruments and well. I mean, he, he, you know, it wasn't just like, you know, he picked up, you know, a bass and could just put down a basic, you know, bass line. I mean, he would, you know, put down a, a serious groove. I mean, yeah. he was, he, he was a, like an <clears throat> eight out of 10 on just about every instrument he played. Oh, yeah. And, you know, at minimum. Hang on. Let's see well, if we get, get a little soft and wet here. I already am. <laughs> we said the same thing. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> hmm? What? Oh, no. Hmm. 
some reason, there's no audio on that YouTube video. <laughs> oh, I was like, are we supposed to be hearing something? It was yeah. very soft. <laughs> very soft. <laughs> that, and my pants are soaked. Okay. <laughs> so, but yeah, so after that, after the uh, For You, he released the album entitled Prince. Now, if you, I don't know if you've ever seen the cover of this one, but it's the... Um, uh, the one with him with kind of like his, where he's got the really long hair. He, <laughs> really long hair and not wearing any clothes. I don't know why I bother to try and maybe be specific about that. That's when Dubs, well, right? when he climbs out of the tub. Is that what you're talking about? No, no this he's is talking the, about the album just titled Prince. It it was very, oh. very 70s. And there's no, it was before airbrushing was a thing. So, you know, you can see every little pockmark and things on him. It's very unbecoming, but it's kind of an iconic album cover um, for him, you know, before he became the Prince that we know now. I'm trying to find it, Pat, so I can show you because then you'll understand what Mike's talking about. Yeah, it's uh, very seventies. And I, damn it, I just closed out the show notes. And he's and uh, he's he's got the little uh, the little uh, mustache thing going here. Which there you go, Pat. There you go. Which was a thing for for then. All right. Yeah. So, but one uh, the one song that came off of this one was "I Want to Be Your Lover." So, let's see where to go. Yeah. Which is something else that's impressive because as I was thinking about it and looking through the songs that I could recall, you know, being a fan of and then reading his history and kind of studying up on him, every single album he had just about, you know, there was something that came off of, off of it. And you're like, I mean, just was a huge hit and more so later on. But yeah. So out of this one was a song, like I said, the song, uh, I want to be your lover. And here it is. Now, again, it's one of those where I'm pretty sure you can go through every single one of these albums and find something that you've recognized. Yeah, so, just about. Uh, after that, he did a, he did the album Dirty Mind. Uh, again, in this one, he's wearing a jacket and a speedo. So <laughs> it's he was he was very much into the he's very much into himself. If I to say it unabashedly. Well, I don't, Joel. Maybe you could remember this. I don't remember what album it was, but my sister owned this album of Prince's. And on the back of the album, there was a lot of stuff that was written out in, like, uh, cartoon penises. And my mother noticed that and made her throw the album out. (laughs) What? Yeah. Uh, This is not where I expected this conversation to go. I was thinking it was this album, but it might not be. That's why I brought it up. Let me see. um, Is it Dirty Dirty Mind or Controversy? Controversy is his next one, and that's 1981. That might be the uh, about the right time frame. I'm not sure. I don't remember seeing that. Uh, I'm looking it up now to try and figure it out, but... I'm looking it up. So, uh, while you guys are looking that up, he decided to put some clothes on in the next album cover. <laughs> I'll let Pat look it up. Strangely enough, and this one's name is Controversy. <laughs> uh, yeah, listed as a funk pop new wave. Uh, it's number one al- a song off there was actually was this title track Controversy. Um, and then again, he's so he's so uh, subtle because you have uh, sexuality, doomy baby, private oh. joy. Uh, and then track number eight, one of my favorites, Jack You Off. <laughs> and then Ronnie Talk to Russia. Um, <laughs> which is kind of a weird, a weird thing. This is that we had talked about this during the presidential show, I think. Um, that, uh, this is the one that Prince had done when he'd really gotten into, uh, watching politics and was actually singing to Ronald Reagan for him to go talk to, uh, the Soviet Union. So he wrote a song about it. It was his uh, try, him trying to impersonate uh, Bono and get politically involved. 
That's a terrible idea. Nobody should ever impersonate Bono. <laughs> no, <laughs> please. We right. One is enough. All right. So after that, in 1982, he released 1999. And that's the album I was thinking of, by the way. 1999 oh, or Controversy? The one in 1999 is a penis. And my mother, you know, got very upset about that. I'm looking it up now. I'm, right. I'm, I'm going to put it in the chat. All right. So 1999 had Little Red Corvette. Um, what else did it have? Little Red Corvette was the one that I had on that I had on there. All my links changed to the music links. God bless it. Uh, it had Delirious, uh, Let's Pretend We're Married, uh, 1999, which, of course, ironically enough. Is this the one that had uh, Darling Nikki on it? No. What was that on? No. Purple Rain? I think it might have been. It was on Purple Rain. Okay. So, but yeah, so uh, this is the one that Prince had read the Raspberry Beret. Honestly, that's one of my favorite songs from him. So hang on, here we go. Just I thought that was no, on Raspberry, Around the World Today. Raspberry Beret was later. Wait, oh no, Little Red Corvette. Little Red Corvette. Yeah, yeah here. Yeah, uh, where to go? Here it is. I wanted to talk about 1999, the song, though, real briefly, because when it actually was 1999 and that song was literally nonstop played everywhere, it made me wonder, knowing him, knowing the way he was, knowing his just aptitude for anything he wanted to put his mind to, did he write that song with the intention of using it as something later on that would be marketable, potentially? Was there that thought process at all? Was he he planning to... It, almost over a decade and a half later, cashing in on the century change. Right. Was that thought process ever in his mind when he was coming up with the lyrics? I think he was the kind of guy, I don't think he necessarily thought monetarily when he was creating. He was creating just for creation's sake. Mm-hmm. And the money was just a, a very nice luxury that came about because of his talent. Yeah. I, don't, I don't necessarily think he was what was like writing songs with the intention of this will be a number one hit and it'll make me a ton of money like a um i don't know like a taylor swift i guess i would say she does that sure can I, what you say about swifty i'm not but, i'm not knocking her i'm just saying like she definitely puts out songs with her. the intention of getting to the top 10 swifty oh she's sexy um i i don't she, she is that yes she's one of the most beautiful women on the planet but i wouldn't and, i wouldn't think so either you know i just it's one of those things that when that happened i was like man i could see him in the back of his mind kind of going uh you know this is going to be huge in about a decade and a half yeah i'm sure it crossed his mind i'm sure because well, it wasn't yeah, Once I don't think he. Hit. I don't yeah. think he was cashing in on. It. I think he was more like, you know, wouldn't it be cool? You know, I'm writing the song. Oh, hey, yeah, you know what? If it's, you know, if it's, if it's still around, 1999, it, I'm sure the song will be popular, or this this song might be popular. But I think I agree with Pat, where it was like the money was like a side thing for him. It was kind of like, hey, cool, I made a lot of money on the last album. That gives me so much more money to create more stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was the money was just fuel for his creation. Yeah. Right. I agree. And and what's interesting about his music is that it. He's one of those artists that no matter when the song comes on, I will always listen to it. It's not like I'm not in the mood for a Prince song. Right. There are very few Prince songs that I'll just be like, ugh, no thanks, and change the channel. Diamonds and yeah, pearls. We, okay, moving on. We may get, yeah, in, we may get into that later on. <laughs> right. D to the I to the eight. Oh, shut up. All right, up. don't do that. Don't do that. So we're talking, we're talking, we're still good stuff here. 1984, <laughs> Purple Rain, When Doves Cry. So I think we in the in the music show, 
we had said that this was our uh, the favorite, the last one we did, the last uh, Billboard show. Yep. And, and that whole album, and that's that's my personal favorite of his albums. Yeah. You know, the thing is with these, is that as I was recording these, I it took longer than I expected to because there were so many times where I just wanted to finish listening to the song. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember in our music show that I chose out of the 20 songs I chose here, and I would like to retroactively you know, change my vote back to, to Win Dove's Cry. For favorite Prince song? No, for favorite like of, of our music, you know, of the 20 songs in our music oh. show. Oh, okay. okay. I was going to say, let's now, say favorites now, for later. You know, just go back there and edit that show, Mike, when you get a chance. Yeah. Just change mine to When Doves Cry. And I'll That's ask really everybody fixed. who's downloaded it to re-download it just so we can change exactly. it. Exactly, yes. I want, I want it to be strictly from the records that totally. I did not Fixing choose. it in way post. Um, way but post. this this album had a lot of songs on it, though. Let's Go Crazy Past was post. big. Take Me With You, uh, Darling Nikki, When Doves Cry, I Would Die For You, Purple Rain. This I mean, album was the shit. Uh, it really was. My sister had this album, too. And, we and it's only it nine songs. Yeah. But they're all like 40 minutes long. Every one of them is just <laughs> is not solid. Me, though that's what's that's what's yeah. amazing and, and i when i watched the movie it put it in a whole new context because i'd actually never seen the film and the songs fit and make sense even more so with the film and so which, here's a, here's a little interesting trivia about purple rain the movie okay so initially prince came up with the idea of the of purple rain during his 1999 tour he initially wanted to cast Vanity, uh, who was the leader of Vanity Six, who we had talked about earlier, but she left the group before they started shooting the movie. So then he offered the role to Jennifer Beals, who turned it down because she wanted to concentrate on college, and then went to Ap- Apollonia Cortero, okay, because he had seen her on the February '83 episode of Tales of the Gold Monkey. <laughs> Where she played a saucy island girl who was sleeping with a German man of the cloth. So, what cloth? Corridor. Pat, Pat Corridor. Was a big fan of her tracks of land. <laughs> yeah. Huge tracks of land. Tales of the Gold Monkey, man. I mean, sweet. I yeah, don't know you, what that is. You don't. Have you, what? Oh, oh what? no. We just went down a hole. You don't know Damn Tales it, of the Pat. Gold Monkey? No. Stephen Collins, uh, Roddy McDowell, who is the German man of the cloth who's sleeping with her? Why couldn't you know what that was, Pat? I, got, I, I changed my mind. I know what that was. It's got a dog with an eye patch. I changed my mind. I know what it was. Prince is judging you, Pat. I've, <laughs> I've never I have no idea what it is. No. I feel so close to Prince. Prince and I both watched Tales of the Gold Monkey. That makes me happy. I remember it. <laughs> so, but yeah, so uh, Purple Rain was had, kind did of you a guys thing. Watch that this week. I had my in laws over. Oh, they're from down south, and I don't want. I've to... seen it a couple times in the past. I didn't. Need yeah, to watch it. I didn't get a chance to watch it because putting on Purple Rain probably wouldn't have been the best idea in the world. <laughs> well, at who's, least it wasn't Pee Wee. Who's the effeminate guy with the high heels riding the big motorcycle? That's Pee Wee Herman, Dad. That's who that is. <laughs> <laughs> no, the one with the afro. Anyway, uh, uh, no, uh, not on the TV, out on the street. <laughs> I've ne- I'd never seen it until this week, and as much as i loved the music and 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 Morris day as the <laughs> kind of the bad guy it's not a great film and prince is kind of a douche in it well i hate to tell you but prince is actually kind of a douche well yeah. and it's it's loosely based on his life which is what was also kind of interesting uh but he he hits a woman and threatens to hit her on more than one occasion I'm like, 
Um, that's not cool, dude. Well, it did. Sometimes, you know, they got to be told. <laughs> well, he, he, but they kind of <laughs> expressed that he learned it from his dad. So, I mean, it's not like. I learned it by watching you. Right. And he, he figures it out later, but he really is kind of a dick in the movie. That would be such a different commercial if it was actually that. If it was Brent? No, if it was, I learned it from watching you. If like he walks in and the kid is like beaten up on some girl and he's like, I learned this by watching you. And the dad's like beaten up on the mom. And they join in, and they have. The I went. Party. I went down to. A, I went down a weird place. All right. Yeah. So the Academy Award that Purple Rain actually won for was for best original song score. Yep. So I mean, it's not like it won, and was also nominated for two Razzie Awards: worst new star for Apollonia Cotero, and worst original song for Sex Shooter. Well, and it was his first time in a film too. So I mean, yeah. All things considered. It's 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 kind of a, an interesting. It's better than cool as ice. Pop culture. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't. I remember watching this movie back in the day, and I've watched it once as an adult. And I, you know, it's it's what it is, and it's kind of a self. It's a little bit self-effacing, and it's also a little bit self. You know, aggrandized. <laughs> you know what the hell I'm trying to say? No, no, no. When please. you need the big words. Yeah, come on. <laughs> self-aggrandizing. You know, but I mean. Prince was a odd dude, and I think even though he didn't necessarily know how to be normal, he knew that he wasn't normal, and he was, you know, self-conscious enough to show himself warts and all in this character. Well, let's let's wait till we get to Graffiti Bridge, and I can talk about that one. But I, I've never actually seen that one. So. All right, let's keep moving then. Yep. Purple Rain around the round the world in a day is the uh, 1985 album that he let he uh, he let loose. Um, probably my favorite Prince song of ever, right on this one. Raspberry Beret? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is another one of those that this comes on. It's like like you said, disco before. This is a song you dance to. Yeah, that's just a fun song. Yeah, and that, the, the that, vid- that song and um, "Groove Is in the Heart" are two songs that when they come on, no matter what kind of mood I'm in, they always put me in a good mood. Uh, see, not so much "Groove in the Heart," but um, I love that song. Raspberry Beret and Mister Blue Sky. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. So, but um, again, you know, it's I don't want to say more of the same, but it's it's a little bit trippier. Um, they actually, the genre on this whole album goes to a little, they put it in more psych, psychedelic pop, and people well, have actually compared it to Sgt. Pepper's. I mean, he has a very distinct style that he kind of cultivates over this period, which eventually translates into other things further on. But um, yeah, he was really kind of coming into his own as far as what he was making music-wise, and this was a little bit of a departure. All right. So in 1986 comes out with uh, Parade. Now, this has got the picture of it that a lot of people will recognize. It's him in kind of like, I don't want to say he was even a half shirt. It's kind of like a quarter of a shirt on one side and three quarters on the other <laughs> with his hands in the air. Kind of like, almost kind of looking like the, the Janet Jackson-ish type of pose. You almost need a couple of big hands cupping his back. Like he's doing a Vogue pose. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, he's doing a hand bra with himself. Yeah, so this one... Like, Prince, uh, you don't have boobs. <laughs> This has my favorite song on it. Kiss? Yep. Oh, Kiss is a great freaking song. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I mean, the stuff that you know of his, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I have never heard. I won't lie. Like, Another Lover Hole in Your Head is probably um, one that I haven't 
you know, listen to at all. But his stuff is just so, like we said before, it's something when Prince song comes on, you immediately know it's Prince. And yep. Kiss is another one of those where, unfortunately, it got remade by The Art of Noise and um, Tom Jones. But uh, it's another, just a great dancing tune. Well, here's a testament to the song Kiss. When um, I was living in Kansas City still, there was a new radio station that started up called kiss fm and they're there before they actually went on the air with their personalities 24 hours in advance they played kiss by prince on constant rotation nothing else just kiss for 24 hours straight huh. and i was hanging out with matt, oh, matt at it's the their time. name right <laughs> i was hanging out with matt at the time and we were playing video games as we did in high school it was a weekend and we're like how long can we listen to this song before we get sick of it so we listened to it for eight hours straight oh, on God. a loop and I still, to this day, I, I never got sick of it then. I still, to this day, it's my favorite song of his. And again, it's just a testament to how good of a songwriter he was. I'm just imagining the DJ in the in the booth with two copies of two copies of the album, and he just keeps cutting back and forth between them instead of because <laughs> they didn't have CDs back then. Yeah, they did. I know it's a joke. Oh, geez, it's just that's, we're because we're on Skype. He didn't see you hold the sign up that time. So, uh, 1986 <laughs> it was again, slightly humorous, Dick. <laughs> He, he decides a to. Dick. Oh, uh, he starts to uh, jump back into the movies again with uh, "Under the Cher- Prince Under the Cherry Moon," directed by Prince, starring mm-hmm. Prince, <laughs> and it's, a bunch of actual big name celebrities. Yeah, uh, he plays a he plays a gigolo in this one, and uh, is basically trying to swindle French women out of their money. And uh, there's a father, and there's sex, and it's very stylish. It's, yeah, it's, it's very much like a period piece, especially yeah. with the, the clothing. And I, I, I saw this when I was young, or you because know, I thought, saw this in the theater, and um, I remember liking it, but I really don't remember a whole lot about it. And I wanted to watch it again this week, but I just I just ran out of time. Yeah, I had it in my list. It, it got panned, though. It was really heavily panned. Yeah, at the 7th I- Annual Golden Raspberry Awards, it won Worst Picture and tied <laughs> with How- Howard the Duck. Ooh. It's Howard the Duck bad. is fun. I like Howard oh, the Duck. Howard the Duck stinks on ice. All right, and we just lost Brian as a listener. <laughs> <laughs> I've insulted Howard the Duck before, and he hasn't gone anywhere. He sent me a guy. Well, he sent you Yeah, he sent me one, too, the punk. Yeah. I need the Blu-ray copy whenever you get a chance. He's sitting Brian. right up there staring at me, <laughs> right in between horrible bosses and HUD. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, so then next next year, Sign of the Times with You Got the Look on that you one. You Got Look. That's actually a pretty good song. No, you can't. I, I'm well. Okay, there's some coming up that might you may say that. Uh, yeah. So he does another movie. He also did. If I was a girlfriend, I think was on that. I was yeah. one that was pretty decent. Uh, anyway, Sign yeah, of, he did another movie. Yes, Sign of the Times, directed by Prince, starring Prince. <laughs> it was a concert film, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, if you've ever seen the the front of this, it looks very. Um, I almost said Eddie Vedder, but that's not a Jimi Hendrix looking. Yes, on the front. So. But uh, set list on this one, Sign of the Times, he does live ho- uh, Little Red Corvette, I Can Never Take the Place Your Man, oh, good song. You Got the Look, If I Was Your Girlfriend, I mean, there's just nice. Uh, again, concert video, so concert movie, good stuff. Now he's getting a little bit more risque. <laughs> we'll with, cover uh, anyway. With Love Sexy, uh, which has uh, Prince doing his best um, Birth of Venus pose. Right. <laughs> That's the one he decides to skip the clothes altogether. I'm sure Pat's uh, uh, going to go sick. Be naked. <laughs> yeah, this one um, had uh, Alphabet City on there. Was a the number one track off of this one. 
And as I realized, I accidentally closed my music. I don't remember that song. No. Was that a pretty big That apparently was the number one song off of that. So, yeah, the thing is, I'm running it. Keep talking amongst yourselves. (laughs) Did we lose Pat? No, he's there. Or he should be there. Pat, are you there? And we did lose Pat. Well, crap. (laughs) Oh, shit. I was talking that entire time with my mic music. (laughs) You're such an idiot. God damn it. Because I was just talking, and I was like, I'm going to just talk over those guys if they're going to keep talking while I'm talking. (laughs) (laughs) And you never stopped to listen to what we were talking about. Not at all. Not at all. No. I was was like, fuck these guys. I'm just going to keep talking. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So here's Elf. I was going to say, the thing about um, um, Alphabet City, you could definitely tell that it's during the Batman period of his life because it sounds like it belongs on the Batman side. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Hang on. Here. It, sound, it sounds like it should be a great song. It's got a great beat, and but it, I mean, it just never really goes anywhere. It like builds up to nothing. You're you're wrong. I might be. You might be. I like it. I, I've been wrong before. I don't hate it. It's just I mean, it's one of those things where where kind of like the Michael Jackson factor. It's like I mean, when you've put out a, a 1999 or a thriller, I mean, you've you've kind of screwed yourself because you got nowhere to go but down. Oh, point. I beg to differ because you you have here to go. Hey. I swear to God, if you play a Batman song, I'm going to come back. <laughs> I'm going to punch you. I swear. What's wrong with this? Now, if you take uh, Batman out of this... I mean, we have talked about this before. I, I hate the whole Prince Batman soundtrack. It's almost uncanny. You sound just like him, Joel. It's <laughs> it sounds like Tina trying to sing Prince. <laughs> so no, no, uh, no. See, here's the thing. I think the fact that that was part of Batman has tainted that song for you. The fact uh, that Jack be, Nicholson it, it guilt did by association. I think that's exactly what it is. I think it's because Jack Nicholson was hamming it up to that song in the museum. Yeah. And you got that in your head and whenever you think of that, you think of Jack Nicholson doing the Joker and you don't like it. If that song had been on its own, not related to Batman in any way, you would have liked it. I wouldn't have hated it as much probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the video? No. You Prince is dressed oh, maybe, up maybe. as I mean I probably have. I don't I don't No, you would remember that cuz Prince is dressed up as the Joker with the makeup and all. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> He's over here. Oh shit! Yeah, I do remember Pat, that. You're wrong. I, I had I had blocked that out. <laughs> Aw, but he did bat dance too, which yeah. was right all over the radio, man. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, well, after that, along with do the Bart man. <laughs> well, let's consider at this point he's already making over. He's been making music for over a decade, and he's still pumping out big hits. Pumping out. Something. Well, this is you know this is the point in his career where he's already established. He's a huge star, and people are coming to him, and he can you know. He he can choose pick and choose what he wants to do, and the world yeah. is his oyster at this point. Right, and so he decides to make Graffiti Bridge because we needed a sequel to Purple Rain because everybody went, "What happened to the kid?" Now, are we going to talk about the movie or the album first? Movie, movie. Okay, I watched the movie um, this week. 
and it was terrible. <laughs> That's why I never bothered to see it because I just I don't know. I I heard so many bad things about it. I mean, eh. if if you want to talk about uh, self, you know, grandizing, etc., whatever, it was his pet project that he wanted to make. He directed it. He wrote it. He starred in it, and it's just it's just not good. It's really it's just it's kind of a is it like threat level midnight level? Uh, I don't know what that <laughs> like, is. The Michael Scott's movie that he made oh. in, the, in the office. Right. <laughs> it, it's just like, I mean, it's kind of a, a fairy tale in a way, but it just it's put together so poorly. It's just it's not worth the time. But the album features. Yeah, I was, I was going to try to see it this, that one this week, too. But I, when I looked up and saw how bad everybody tanked it, I was like, OK, never mind. I mean, it had round and round the Tev- with Tevin Campbell, who he made a star. And it's got uh, Thieves in the Temple, which was a huge song. I don't remember that one. Thieves in the Temple? Yeah. I don't know if you had that queued up or not. No, I don't have it queued up, but I got it. It's another one of those. It's another one of those things. Like I didn't. Again, I didn't realize how much Prince music I actually own. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I could type Prince into my computer, I'm like, oh damn. Oh. Yeah, I remember it now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I won't that's, why, that's why I forgot about it. I had nothing <sighs> that song. But did you forget about Morris Day as himself? Oh, how as could himself? you forget about Morris Day? And you can't. And Jerome, <laughs> who, by oh. the way, is still with him. Hey, you don't you don't leave a good gig like that, man. <laughs> <laughs> All I got to do is dance around and hold a mirror. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he, after Graffiti Bridge and Diamonds and Pearls, have, any, have now see this is where I started falling off on Prince. I think after Graffiti Bridge, I was kind of like, eh, getting a little too much diamonds and pearls is when i started checking out yeah i was like okay well he's on the decline (laughs) well and i think this was at the getting close to that period where you know the bad things were starting to happen i don't remember when that was exactly but but uh, but also this was this is also the album that had the classic get off so and diamonds and pearls the song here we go get off is a good song I used to play this all the time when I was DJing. <laughs> it's also got cream on it. Yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a great song, too. I played that when I DJed, too. See, at this point, he's just pretty much, this song's about sex, baby. No, don't do that. <laughs> all right. Don't do that at all. Sorry. Um, the, uh, he, he keeps producing songs. He's got that. We've got uh, the Love Symbol album. We can't roll over this one because it's got two great songs on it. Does seven? Oh, that's true. With the uh, with him with the um, hmm. in the video where he's the uh, S and M ninja. I never and knew what album this that song was on. Sexy MFR. You sexy motherfucker. I love that song. Is <laughs> on this album. So and after that, that is a good song. <laughs> I didn't realize. I guess I was still. Kind of, I mean, I wasn't like buying his albums or anything by this point because I, I was working in. in I guess because I was working in the clubs and had access to all of them. Yeah. So I guess. That's, I guess that's the reason why I didn't buy his albums, because I was already listening to him at work. The next albums is where we're getting into that. Gets a little weird. Yeah. I mean, just from the titles. Come, Pheromone, Loose, Papa. <laughs> so, this, is, this is the worst word association. Game of like Solo, yeah. Let It Go. <laughs> loose, Papa? <laughs> what? <laughs> let It Go, and f- the final one, Orgasm. Because it's the finish. Yeah. The Papa one throws me. I can go with race. I could go with dark and solo even. But you know what the thing you're, is? You sure it's not pee pee? No. What? Uh, nah. Uh, nah. <laughs> so uh, after that, the Black Album. 
which this is an interesting story because he he put out this album and uh, he there was only 500 copies and he recalled it said it was evil and refused to ever have anything to do with it again so he released it and then recalled it and took it back wait they only risked wait they only released f- he, he did an in the 500 on his own album <laughs> he, he just, decided no, he can't have it <laughs> yeah no he once he released it he he recanted his decision huh. and um there was only a limited number of copies i i had read somewhere i thought 500 but that doesn't sound right now i'm saying out loud um printer called all copies and abandoned the entire project um there was only about 100 european promotional copies in circulation wow hmm. and he apologized for it felt it was a mistake and now it's kind of kind of like the you know one of the holy grails right yeah he did a song about cindy crawford on this one i'm really curious now Before- yeah Before you know it, Martin Shkreli is going to be buying it. (laughs) All right. The gold experience, because I guess you go from black to gold. Uh, Exactly. And he must have had some. Like a bumblebee. Yeah, true. Then uh, number singles off of this one, The Most Beautiful Girl in the World. Uh, Pea Control. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. (sighs) Pussy Control. Yep. I was thinking he was like over 40 at this point. It was kind of like, oh, I got pee control. <laughs> He's got, yeah. Endomorphin Machine and uh, I Hate I You. I didn't realize that song came out in the mid-90s, Pussy Control. I thought that was a lot, a lot older than that. Huh. Yeah. And then uh, Chaos and Disorder, the number one song on that one was something called Dinner with Dolores. So, no, wait, you got, I don't know if I, I've got this queued up right, but you got to hear these lyrics. Okay. She was packing it in. Like a brontosaurus, she's packing it in. Is that really what he said? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yep. Print is like, oh uh, yeah, just go ahead, cut, cut and print that one. That's yeah. that's fine. That's fine. He, no, he actually in that in that song he says like a brontosaurus. She was packing it in. I don't know what that means. That doesn't even make sense. Yeah, I mean, it's a it bad ma- analogy in Prince world that may mean something. I don't know if I want to know what that means. <laughs> so like, you know how brontosaurus? They're always you know packing, packing it, it in. in. Haven't seen Jurassic Park? They're like completely <laughs> packing it in. <laughs> So, um, what in? You know, they're packing it in. The next album is kind of a uh, important. Yeah, this one actually is Emancipation. Is he finally gets to make? <laughs> he makes a concept album because the Brontosaurus song wasn't. Um, he finally gets released from his Warner Brothers contract on this one, and uh, this one is called Emancipation, and it's He's him doing whatever he wants. Cover, right? Yeah, kind of like very. Um, uh, roots type of cover. Yeah, I, I remember when they came out because I was working at the record store at this point, and and it was just it looked like a no limit record thing. But it was new New Power Generation was the label which he teamed up with EMI, and it was his own label. Mm-hmm. So remember when he appeared on I think it was Saturday Night Live when he was in the middle of the Warner Brothers controversy, and he had slave written on his cheek. Yeah. <laughs> well, nobody ever accused him of being subtle. Yeah. <laughs> Not it's, subtle at all. No, this one, I mean, the thing is, like, I don't, I, I looked at the tracks on this one. This is not an album that I own, and I can't recall, I mean, normally you can be like, oh, yeah, I know that song. I just didn't know it was on that album. But, I mean, you've got something called, "You, I Can't Make You Love Me, all right, fine, In This Bed I Scream, Betcha Golly Wow. Yep. Um, is that a cover, the Betcha by Golly Wow? I don't think so. I'm not sure. He's also got Let, Let's Have a Baby. Oh, okay. You know? And then La 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 means I love you. 
That's another old doo-woppy song. Is it? Yeah. Oh, wonder, by the by, the uh, Delphonics. Yeah. Okay, so I guess it's a cover. Okay, which makes it a lot make more sense because song titles back then made no sense. And la la la, man, I love you. So I've heard. Eep orc ooh So, but then after uh, Emancipation, he does Crystal Ball and the Truth. Uh, comes out in 1998. Three disc album. Yeah. And the cover was made on uh, Microsoft Paint. Yeah, all the MPG records are kind of chinky. Yeah, and then. He does uh, something called The Vault in 1999, which... I would guess just based on the title, it's just some like recordings he had around at home. And he made probably. Home. Like stuff, you know, we know the, is it, I'm not sure if it's Urban Legend or not, where he's got his whole house wired up with the microphones. Oh, that's true. It is true. Maybe it's just stuff he sang in the bathroom. Yeah. So I mean, like I said, he really, I mean, according to that Kevin Smith uh, story about him, he really does have his entire room wired, or his entire entire house wired for sound. Hmm. He can record anything at any given point, any anywhere in his house. If something strikes him, you know, if he had some kind of inspiration, he could record right away because he didn't want to like have to like fumble to run to the recording set in room and lose it or something. You know. Well, there's something to be said for that. I, I mean, mean, when you're that kind of talent and you're that kind of what I mean, it's it's kind of like you know the, the top comedians or the top writers. They always have like you know something to take notes on with them because if some if inspiration strikes you at the weirdest point. You got to be able to, you know, write it down, record it somehow, roll with it. Yeah, and so, he did, right? Yep. And on this and one, he's got, and he's got just apparently just just a vault full of recordings and stuff that he's done by himself with friends, with you know other celebrities, with who knows who. And let's hope that they actually get released. Yeah, because I mean, there's, I'm sure there's some good stuff in there. I'm sure there's some amazing stuff in there, but I'm sure there's some concerning stuff in there too. I mean, like, there's got to be times, you know, where where people, you know, like. You gotta imagine like a, a Kanye West or a John Legend or anybody would just stop by over. You know, I mean, knowing that his whole house is a recording studio, you know, stop by just to hang out. And I mean, who wouldn't? If you're a major recording artist, who wouldn't want to, you know, jam with Prince? Oh yeah. All right. So, uh, 1999, he does gets a whole bunch of cash because everyone's playing his song as his plot went. <laughs> And he also had a release of uh, Raven to the Joy, which had the song Greatest Romance Ever Sold on there. So which here's what I got for that. Hey. Oh, wait. Now, I've never uh, heard that song. No. Interesting note, side footnote on this. When this album came out, um, I was really big into my Ana DeFranco phase, and he did a song on her album Provident, called Providence on her To The Teeth album, and she did a song on his album, on this album, called I Love You But I Don't Trust You Anymore. Hmm. So there's an interesting crossover. Somebody, you know, Ana DeFranco, outspoken female musician, very percussive guitar, acoustic kind of thing, doing something with Prince and vice versa. So That's kind of strange. I own that album for that one reason. <laughs> All right. So uh, 1999, now is when we take our break. Yay. And then we get back into Prince when we come back and uh, his penguins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be back in a little bit. All right, we are back talking about Prince. Now, before we step totally into this, we're giving a little disclaimer. 
while we were or are Prince fans, and we love listening to Prince in the Ven, we haven't listened to too much now. <laughs> so <laughs> this is going to be pretty lean and tight. I fell off the Prince train in the you know mid nineties. Part of it because I just didn't care for some of the stuff he was turning out, and part of it because I just I'd moved on to other music, and part of it was just because I'd you know I was I'd heard so much Prince DJing in the clubs that when you know it's it's one of those things like you know you don't do what you do at work when you're on your own personal time usually most people well and it's so hard to keep up I mean he just was pumping out so much stuff and you're right like I work in a call center when I get home nobody understands why I don't want to talk on the phone yep. So you do podcasts. Exactly. <laughs> Makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. <laughs> exactly. As long as I don't have a phone. You know, wait, I, you know, do you use a headphone at work? Yeah. Okay, so that doesn't work then. So you're pretty much doing exactly what you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm not talking to people. I'm talking to you guys. Uh, hey, wait. All right, I, wait. <laughs> I'm really not sure how to take that at all. <laughs> you're not people. So just to be safe, next time I see you, I'm kicking you in the in the gonads. I mean, it's just 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 for because. All right, so Soylent podcasting is people. <laughs> hey, Mike, you don't need to do that. It'll come about organically. <laughs> <laughs> so post 2000, 2001, he releases the album Rainbow Children and becomes a Jehovah's Witness. Uh, following a two-year-long debate with friend and fellow Jehovah's Witness musician Larry Graham. Prince said that he did not consider it a conversion, but a realization. Larry Just, Graham was like president of the debate club in high school, I bet. He, if, you, if, you he, got, if you're going to engage in a two-year-long debate with somebody, yeah. you, you're committed to debating. So um, Prince described it as, it's like Morpheus and Neo in the Matrix. He attended meetings at a local kingdom hall and occasionally went door knocking on people's doors to discuss Jehovah's Witnesses. God, I would love to talk to somebody that, that got a <laughs> if, got a visit from Prince. Yes, if in, there's in a white uh, shirt and a black tie. I know, because <laughs> would be. If you're going to go door knocking, I wonder. I wonder, did he ride like a a, a bespectacled bike up to the house? It had glasses on. Bespectacled. Yeah. As soon as I said that, I was like, wait, not bespectacled. <laughs> Be dazzled. I could just okay. see them giving him like the short sleeve white shirt and black tie, and him just being like, "That's not going to work." <laughs> <laughs> but I, if there's anybody, I don't know, with our li- listener He's like, base, I've just, I've just come to another realization. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if by any wild chance anybody is out there knows or knows of somebody who had Prince knock on their door to discuss becoming going, a Jehovah's Witness, go on Reddit, go on Reddit and do an AMA request. Yeah, well, seriously, I, I have at least two friends in uh, the area that um, have been to the the shrines that have been erected. So I'll have to put out some feelers that live in that area. That would be amazing. <laughs> be ridiculous. What do you do? You hear the knock on the door, and you're like, oh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Open it, and Prince is standing there. You'd be like, Susie, this Jehovah's Witness looks just like Prince. <laughs> is it? we got to talk to him. Have you got drawn the bath, Wendy? Yes, Lisa. Do you know about your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Yes, Lisa. Have you purified yourself in the waters of Jehovah's Witnesses? Yes, Lisa. <laughs> All right, we're moving on. <laughs> right, so Rainbow Children. Um, was. <laughs> Seems Any songs off of this one? Was inspired by his recent conversion to the Jehovah's Witness religion. Oh, no, no, we, we don't know any songs off of this one. No, uh, yeah, none of these, but he, he, it alludes to it, but also has Egyptian monotheism and New Age concept in, in there also, so he's covering all the bases, I guess? He was, he was very much a spiritual person. Yeah, he definitely was. 
Oh yeah, like, he studied seen... all kinds of mysticism and all kinds of you know. I mean, he 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 was a uh, he was a very intelligent guy, and he did a lot of studying of religion and just general spiritual practices to to kind of help himself define what he believed. Cool. Well, and if you watch Graffiti Bridge, you can see that coming out early on. All right. So after that one, he does One Night Alone, kind of a confusing album cover of a sunflower, piano keys, and a bird's nest with robin's eggs in it. And that title is referencing the fact that since the album 1999 came out, he has had one night without a woman in his bed. <laughs> and he's all like, wow, I should enough. write something about this. This is pretty weird. Yeah. And that's a song, Pearls Before the Swine, he wrote in there, too. So I guess... I don't know. It, you know what else is something about his titles? He does, he's a bad case of, um, text, uh, titles. Oh, yeah. He was a, the first one to, I mean, that was, that was one of like his, his early, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, his things, you know, his, his. It's his shorthand that he's kind of famous for. Right. You know, like, I would die for you. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he's, Nothing he did compa- that, you know, for yeah. texting before everything. He, that was like a. Nothing compares to you. Trademark. That was a trademark. Of yeah. Course. So in this one, it's kind of weird because there's only three. Two, well, two people and two things credited on this one is Prince does all vocals and instruments except where noted. Uh, and where noted is John Blackwell on drums on track three and four. And then ambient singing is done by Prince's Doves, <laughs> Divinity and Majesty. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I mean, Which, can anybody be shocked that Prince is crediting his dubs? No. He, he's at home recording them, and he's like, I'm going to put that in a song. Yeah. <laughs> well, he always had a rotating cast of dubs? people that he worked with. I mean, so. he's one of the, he, he was one of those musicians, kind of like, um, like um, oh, uh, Pink Floyd. I can't think of his name. Um, where he's just willing to use anything to, to make music. I mean, Roger whatever. Waters? Yes, thank hmm. you. To, fi- to be able to find music in anything. All right, so the next one is entitled Expectations, spelled with an X. Uh, this one... It's always spelled with an X. <clears throat> 26th studio, <laughs> album, studio album by uh, Prince, uh, released by NPG Records, and was released as an MP3 download on New Year's Day 2003 to the NPG Music Club with no artwork uh, two weeks after the commercial release of his previous album, One Night Alone. So... He uh, he sent this one out, and for being a guy who really does not like the internet, he sent this one out entirely to his club over uh, MP3, and the entire album is spelled with the letter X. So there's exhalation, excagiate, exemplify, expectations, exotica, ex, exogenous, exfoliate, the xenophile. Um, but this is actually okay. So X Men. It's yeah. also an Wolverine. instrumental album. Oh, really? Yep. Hmm. So yeah, there you it's, go. It's, Have you heard it's it? Kind of a no. I just was reading about it, and all the titles kind of made me go, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and then I noticed it was all instrumental. So, <laughs> so how would you like to be the one guy picked on a Prince album? He's like, uh, "I need somebody to do the drums on this song." He's like, "You're not gonna do them." He's like, "Just get in here and do it." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's a question. It's just like, "I need somebody to do the drums. Come in here and do it." Okay. <laughs> uh, so this next one. He is, he does, this name of the song, name of the album is News, N-E-W-S. It is four 14-minute exact songs that are entitled North, East, West, and South. Mm. Yep. See, this is the point of Prince's career where he's like the the chef who's gotten popular and done everything, and he's bored with doing everything normally, and he's like, I'm going to start experimenting with all kinds of stuff. 
and he starts cooking with liquid nitrogen. <laughs> now Prince <laughs> is like, I'm going to make four 14-minute songs, and that's my album. Well, according <laughs> to this, oh, no, go uh, ahead. his lowest-selling album to date with just 30,000 copies sold. But he's just like, fuck you, I'm Prince. This is what I wanted to do. Well, he's still got a Grammy for it. Yep, it was a top 10 hit on the Billboard inter- Internet sales chart and Grammy nominated for Best Pop Instrumental Performance. Because so, he's Prince. Yeah. Yep. And if he wants to make four fucking 14-minute songs, <laughs> call it North Street West South, who's going to tell him no? Nobody. <laughs> exactly. Well, at this point, I mean, he's making so much... I mean, the money's just still coming in for everything being played, so it's not like he has to worry about it. He's he's, But he's reached that point that everybody wants. You want to be... You want to be at a point where you can just do whatever it is you want to do. He's and, completely right. independent now, right. and he's his own man for good or for bad. Right. And who, who, who amongst us, no matter what our particular hobby or passion is, wouldn't love to have enough money to just do that as yeah. often as we wanted to? Cover print songs? No, no whatever, whatever it is that you are good at and that you love, you just do it at your own yeah. leisure. Whenever you know, and you just and like if um, like if you're a um, and you just want to sit around and masturbate all day. I was going to say I'm really good money. at drinking coffee. I mean that's. <laughs> All right, exactly. so after that, he does um, Musicology, which is a uh, another one by NPG Records. This is a little bit a um, little bit better reception, generally positive. Uh, it, he yeah, did I, I remember a lot of people this calling this his comeback album. Yeah, yeah. Um, he does some, you know, on tour. He covered a lot of his old stuff. You know, Little Red Corvette, Little Red Corvette, Kiss, and Purple Rain. Um, this one, he's got a lot of uh, a lot of backup. In this one, you know, he doesn't have the doves, Aww. but he's got no candy dolfer. <laughs> the doves are sitting over in the corner crying. <laughs> wow. So. Uh-huh. See what I did there? Yeah, that's good. I like yeah. that. That's very nice. You should be proud of yourself. <laughs> oh, I am. So then same year, 2004, he released three albums, Musicology, The the Chocolate Invasion. The Chocolate <laughs> Invasion. Which looks very 70s. If you're looking at the album cover, it looks like it looks like a Diana Ross album. Um, and, uh, then another one called The Slaughterhouse. So this one's listed as more of a pop funk, and it actually had a second release, um, came out in, two th- another release came out in 2015, so. It's done stuff as Judas Smile, Super Cute, Sex Me, Sex Me Not, <laughs> showing he's still got it. <laughs> so... Well, it looks like on the slaughterhouse, there's a song called 2045 Radical Man. So if we're around in 2045, we'll have to see if that one's played. (laughs) Hey. No, that'll still be played in 1999. Right. We don't get this one. Six and a half minutes long. Stu Raspberry Beret again. (laughs) So uh, 2006, 3121. Um, I remember hearing about this one. I have never heard of it. Again, it's he is well. He's got the tracks in this one, uh, thirty one twenty one Lolita, which I'm sure is uh, very touching. Um, it's about the book. <laughs> that's what I'm guessing. He's a big Nabokov fan. No, I don't think so. This one though was inspired by the novel Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which is terrifying to me <laughs> because. <laughs> There's a song called Black Sweat, which reminds me of Charlie the Chocolate Factory. Well, he included a limited number of purple tickets in the album. Oh. Winners who found the tickets were flown from Europe, Asia, Mexico, and the U.S. to attend a semi-private performance at Prince's home in Los Angeles. Oh. Awesome. And the album, actually, looking at the reviews, got really good reviews. I mean, like six out of ten, four out of five stars well, for it, a lot of people. It debuted at number one. Yeah. 183,000 sold in the I've never heard week. of this album. I crazy be, because you now weren't you paying have. attention. Come on, it knocked the soundtrack to High School Musical off the top spot. That's why. Yeah, 
There you go. Because <laughs> that point, in, in, I was not listening to the radio at all at that point in, in life. That wasn't too long ago, dude. 2006 also has a happy oh feet. So he gets back into into uh, movies and um, does the soundtrack to an animated penguin movie. Mm, don't. Come on. I hate it. I you, hate it with that so much of passion. How can you hate it? You hate it's, Happy Feet? It's a heavy-handed, ham-fisted, environmental thing that it's not well done. There's nothing about it that I enjoy. The only thing good in that movie is Elijah Wood and Robin Williams. Well, maybe some of the other voice actors, but... It's got the music by Prince. It's got Robin Williams singing My Way in Spanish. I'm not faulting on the pieces of it. I'm just saying, as a whole, it stinks on ice. Hmm. I've never seen it. And yeah. they made a sequel. They did. I don't think he had anything to do with that one. But it has... It but was it, called... Happy Feet. Happ- happier Feets. Yeah. And it, but then we got this on it, too, so... Everybody makes mistakes, so yeah, one or two. That don't make the dirty little things they say about you too. You tell them to step aside, little babies Watch me do my thing I don't even need a good reason to listen to me saying Everybody get up Clap your hands, show them what you got Alright, now while it's not his best stuff it's very simple. You could tell he he's he, aiming he's, at kids in this one. That, that's something that he could he, he, he could like shit out while he's shitting. <laughs> but I you mean, know what? Honestly, it's still like, better it's, than some stuff that other people are making. And I'm oh, not yeah, saying I'm not new music is it, bad. I'm saying, but for Prince, that's just like I mean, Prince is like, oh, you want me to make a children's album? Yeah, yeah. Give me thirty minutes. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I'll go go to the vault. I've got thirty-two albums already recorded. Which one do you want? <laughs> exactly. I mean, this this is just like for for Prince. This is filler. I mean. He, he doesn't, you know, you can tell he doesn't hate it while he's doing it, but I mean, it's it's not at all a challenge for him. No, and he, I mean, the, the music that he put together for this one was actually really good. I mean, it's if for what it was made for. I think it, I think it did its job. You know, it's yeah, not, yeah, it, definitely. I, mean, I mean, what's he going to do? He's going to get out there. Oh, I want you to do a song for this movie. He watches the movie and then he writes a song about, you know, I don't know, penguins fucking. Yeah, I don't he's, know. Not, he's not going to write an 18 minute guitar solo for Happy Feet, you know, whatever. Right. He wants to do a he's, Pharrell type. He's not going to put four 14 minute songs together for Happy Feet. <laughs> yeah, he wants like a Pharrell type song yeah. that's uh, inoffensive and in upbeat. Yeah. My girls, while they don't really love the movie as much as they used to, well, this is on a standard rotation with CDs in our house, so. There you go. All right. Uh, then he does. He can't write Darling Penguin. <laughs> New Penguin and she was. Uh, wow. Masturbate him with an icicle. <laughs> So after this, he does an album called Planet Earth, the 32nd studio album. Is that related to the movie? No. No. Which also got massively good reviews across the board. Yeah. And well, he jumped back in with uh, former band members, uh, Sonny T, Michael Bland. He jumped, worked with uh, Sheila E. again and uh, Wendy and Lisa. And it earned him a Grammy. Yeah. So it's got to be has got something here going here, and I really, I mean, this is anything. This is making me feel kind of regretful for not picking up some of this stuff. Looks like the song was called "Guitar," I believe. I'm just, which that's interesting. I, I I had no idea. I mean, it's sad that I'm learning this now, or that you know, even though we consider ourselves fans for most of our lives, that 
you know, he was still doing so much and it kind of was under the radar. We skipped over um, 2004, um, that video that I posted in the chat. Um, that was it? Yeah, it was in 2004. Oh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Um, that thing was bad. That was the year that they inducted, um, oh, what is his name? Uh, Tom Petty? No, no, the, the uh, founder of Rolling Stone magazine, um, Giannis, oh. uh, Giannis, Giannis, well, whatever his name is, um, they they were they nominated and elected him to the Hall of Fame that year, and that was the same year that Rolling Stone magazine put out the top 100 guitarists of all time, and Prince was ranked number 33. Okay, and and he felt like he should have been ranked much higher. And during the Hall of Fame ceremony, that was also the same uh, same year that George Harrison passed, and there was a like a little assembly of a supergroup to do you know a song to do while my guitar gently weeps, and Prince was chosen to do the the big solo at the end of the song. And he just kind of sat off to the side while everybody was doing the main song and just kind of strumming along. And then suddenly it comes time for him to come on. And he pretty much just, you know, I mean, uh, the founder of Rolling Stone magazine is sitting there in the front row. Tom Petty had asked Prince before they did the song. He's like, do you know this song? Are you are you ready for this solo? <laughs> and so that's why at one point where you see him play and he just looks at Tom Petty and he's just kind of <laughs> – <laughs> Ask me if I know a song. <laughs> yeah. You know? Ask me if I know to play this now. And he and he just comes out and just plays a three minute solo, just just shredding faces and just I mean it's one of the best guitar solos ever in my opinion. Well, here's here's a here's a weird one I found. I actually looked up for you, Pat. It's Prince playing with CeeLo Green. Ugh. Well, just wait when he's doing crazy. So hang. On. That's all we see now. See those singing. We don't want to hear that now. When we were talking uh, about his his, um, you know, you mentioned that thing about him going kind of to Tom Petty. There, there, you know, that whole thing with Charlie Murphy and yeah. that whole yeah. thing. Um, a friend of mine who actually went, like I mentioned earlier, had gone to the one of the tribute places where they'd set up stuff in front of his home or whatever. Um, she was showing pictures of the different things people had left, and <laughs> the third picture or whatever was a bottle of syrup. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway. I actually got to check this one out. Another one that popped up here is uh, Prince and Lenny Kravitz playing American Woman together. Hmm. That sounds interesting. So, but yeah, um, but yeah, musically, I mean, some of the you, when you realize that like the very first album that he did was just him doing oh, everything, doing everything. Yeah, I mean, there's some just Ray Charles in it. <laughs> yeah, just doing what he does. So he was blind. <laughs> yeah. So uh, 2008, Prince is getting a little bit weird. Um, Coachella Music Festival, Prince covers Radiohead's Creep. And, of course, it was Coachella, so immediately it popped up on YouTube. Uh, Prince then had a, uh, what is it called, a DC, uh, cease and desist letter sent to them to remove footage that fans had taken of the performance, uh, despite Radiohead's demand for it to remain on the website. Days later, YouTube reinstated the videos as Radiohead claimed, it's our song, people can hear it. And then in 2009, one year later, Prince puts the video of the Coachella performance on his official website, lotusflower.com. Which, if you've ever seen it, it's it's kind of amazing, but it's a it's a different take on the song. It's you know his spin on it, and it's it's really really good. Yeah, I didn't 
don't care for it, to be honest with you. No? Well, that's because no. you... I love the song and I love Prince, but I just didn't... I mean, the main thing that I didn't like about it was he changed the lyrics. Because being Prince, he can't allow himself to be the creep. He just, I mean, his ego won't allow it to him to sing the song from the creep's point of view. Because, I mean, you know, and even when you change it to you're a creep, well, that the whole song is just destroyed. I hmm. get your point, but he's making it his own. Well, no, I mean, that's that's actually a great point for Pat, because I think when, you know, he goes, up, okay, what's their, what's their most fa- most popular song? What's the song that everybody knows from them? Creep. And then he gets the lyrics, and he's like, I'm not saying that. Yeah. You, you don't, okay, you don't, I don't think you get this. I'm Prince. Yep. So. And you're a creep. You're a weirdo. What the hell are you doing here? Aww. You don't belong here. No, I feel bad. Not I you. did that song at karaoke once, and I complete when I when I signed up to sing it, I completely forgot about the part where he goes up an octave, <laughs> <laughs> and it started coming up, and I was just like in my head, I was like, oh shit, oh shit. Yeah. Well, everybody in the pool, I guess. Because <laughs> I hadn't started like you know, I I had already started kind of in the higher range of my voice, and then that came up, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna like just. I'll force my way through it. I Whenever it comes on and I'm at work, um, people are like, oh, it'll, it'll come on. I'll be like, oh, I sang this at our wedding uh, wedding reception to my wife. <laughs> and people, and the, the best thing is that people are like, oh, that's so sweet. What? Yeah, I was thinking that. I'd be hearing <laughs> like, them say, what? What are you talking about? So, Or when you start singing the actual lyrics and people are like, wait, he doesn't swear in that song. And you're like, yeah, kind of does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, Lotus Flower MPL Sound, the, he released a bunch of stuff that he had posted on his website. Oh, did I mention that Lotus Flower, the E is a three? No, but now you did. Yeah, you of course kinda, it is. Yeah, of course it. Why well, wouldn't be? Released a three CD set uh, in 2009. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, two thousand would be a penis if he, would, if, if he could find a way to do it. <laughs> in uh, 2010, he released an album called 2010. Recorded in Paisley Park Records in Minneapolis. Such classics as Lay Down. Sally. St- still getting sexy. Yeah. Um, no, he's talking about folding a poker hand. Oh, no, he's not. Bad. He's talking about putting down a dog. <laughs> oh. All right. He's just talking about general bedtime. Yeah, it's just sleepy time. It's like, Ooh, it's actually bedtime? it's actually all lull- lullabies. <laughs> he used to be colonel bedtime, but he I got was going to say, is he a four-star general bedtime? Nice. So uh, 2013, the EFF, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, grants Prince an inaugural Raspberry Beret Lifetime Aggrievement Award. A reference to the resentment of parties who allege unfair treatment and misuse of copyright claims to the artist by the artist and his lawyers. So he has never been on board with the whole internet thing. Music no, sharing I, and so on and so yeah. forth. He, yeah. he feels it's his property and if you're willing to pay for it, then you can enjoy it. But that's gotta be one of the reasons why he has so many things just locked up and not released, because he's just like, This is mine, you can't have it. <laughs> Unless I say so, yep. under my terms. Huh? There you go. There's going to be, he's going to be like, you know, Tupac, where there's going to be, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, there's still going to be albums getting released by his estate. And he's going to haunt anybody who tries to steal them. Dude. How would you Well, be- I mean, speaking of which, I mean, it, there's the most uh, infamous story about uh, his stinginess with his music is uh, he was one of the few people that just would not allow Weird Al to parody one of his songs. And, um, Weird Al didn't need anybody's permission to to record a you know to to parody a song, but he never would do it without permission. So right. he never did a Prince song because Prince didn't want him to. As a matter of fact, one year at the Grammys, they were both in the same in, in the same row because they were both up for awards. And his people sent a note to Weird Al telling him that he was not allowed to look at Prince. 
Well, he, I know Weird Al had, at one point had heard he got permission for a song, found out later that he, he didn't have it, but he'd already recorded it. And oh, no, that, first, that was, you're, thinking of, you're thinking of Gangster's Paradise with Coolio. Uh, well, or I was thinking, I thought it was a Lady Gaga song, but whoever it was, you know, heard the song, loved it, and was totally on board, but initially he did it without their, anyway. Uh, but no, but, that, that turned into a whole big thing with, with Weird Al and Coolio, but that's a whole other show. We'll do a Weird Al show some other time. Or did right. we? We did a Weird we, Al show, dude. No, we did it. We did a comedy music show. We didn't do a Weird Al show. Note to self. Moving on. 2014. Pl- I'm not. Plectrolectrum? All right, smartass, you say it. No, I'm, I'm laughing because that's a ridiculous <laughs> word. I don't blame you for nothing. Plectrum Electrum. Plectrum Electrum. There you go. Plectrum Electrum, yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's, okay, we'll go and with that. And there are four numbers in that title. So it's like. <laughs> <laughs> no, and so shows again got he, he gave up on on spacing in this one so he has pretzel body logic there's no spaces in any of the titles on this one <laughs> ain't turning around plectrum electrum white caps fix your life up that's just he gets on a theme on these he's very much into um like concept albums yeah but this one debuted at number eight and sold twenty six thousand copies in its first week it says it's a rock album with lyrics and sound effects characteristic of prince's noble weirdness and sense of humor all right, that's a statement so, that deserves, pr- you know, proof. So this album is like if a talented gene <laughs> made an album. <laughs> Interesting. All right, let's. Every uh, now and then, there's a little wolf in the song. <laughs> right. All right, I'm I'm keying up some pretzel body logic. Let's see if this has that humor. Uh, honestly, I don't know what it's going to be because it's YouTube. So hang on here. <laughs> the new Google phone. <laughs> <laughs> Nope, it's another one of those where he allowed the pictures to be shown, but uh, had the uh, audio taken away. Hmm. I've seen a lot of those. those that are, doesn't do us much good on a podcast. Not really. It's all, I just imagine there's some weird... Um, all I'm doing is I'm thinking it's something by Gene, singing about hamburgers. <laughs> that's what we're going with. Yeah, that's what like, <laughs> we're sold. Art official age. This is Princess Gene stage. Right. Gene Belcher. <laughs> so, uh, same year, he releases his 37th, 37th studio album. If anything, wow. he's consistent. Um This one debuted at number five on the Billboard 200, 51,000 in its first week. And then it dropped to 22. Well, and this at this time, when this album came out, <clears throat> he was working with uh, Third Eye Girl, and which is his backing band. And it was this whole thing about the Third Eye. Well, he did a performance on SNL that I've seen, and I tried to find a, one to show you guys, but they were all, of course, taken down. Um, he did an eight-minute medley of, of songs, and it was just amazing. Oh, it was phenomenal. Just proof that he was still was very relevant. I wouldn't go relevant, but ability. Because it seems like with all these albums that he's released, they hit Artificial Age. This one hit uh, at number five on the Billboard charts and then dropped to 22. Plectrum Electrum showed up at number eight, and the second week of sales, it dropped to 47. So he definitely well, he has... Still, he still had a fan base that would obviously buy everything that he put out. That's right. That's that's what I'm saying. So he definitely has a solid you know group of fans that want to hear his new stuff, but it's not like, you know, you've got... Uh, it's not like Purple Rain, where everyone's it, buying it. None of it is catching with the general public. Right. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So, and then after that, sadly, his... Last two albums, Hit and Run Phase 1 and Phase 2. Um, he's kept on, he's got this kind of like weird three lens glasses that he's wearing in this, the previous one and this one now. Um, mixed reviews on this, such songs as Fallen in Love Tonight, Like a Mac, featuring Curly Fries. <laughs> what is that? Now he's just singing songs about dinner. <laughs> he's just he's making this shit up now. I'm eating a Big Mac and curly fries. I'll write a song about that. 
Who's Curly Fries? Man, I didn't even order Curly Fries. That's a great song. <laughs> Amazon Like a Mac featuring Curly. You followed it up with anybody's taco. I'm not. I'm not going hey, down this hole. That's property of Joel. <laughs> so, so yeah. So that one came out, and then Hit and Run Phase Two, which was entirely about potato chips. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's all about combos. I don't know. It's it's Baltimore. I mean, it's it's I. We got to be careful. He's already putting a cease and desist order on this episode. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's already been taken down before it was put up. Um, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the thing. It's, he reached that point where he can do whatever he wants and he's doing whatever he wants and he has the group of people that want to hear him do anything. Mm-hmm. But it's not, I mean, he's, it's not the fun stuff that we remember. That's the thing to me. It's, 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 it's Prince and it is, well, I won't lie. I'm sure that a lot of the stuff is great music, but it, I don't think it's going to be the Prince that we want to listen to. Does that make well, sense? I mean, he, he just, um, the, the funk is gone out, went out of his music, and that was kind of what I think resonated with a lot of people. And just in general, funk has just kind of not really disappeared, but it's def- its popularity has definitely waned since the seventies and eighties. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's—he definitely was a musical genius, but there was obviously a time when he was much more in tune with what the people wanted to hear, and it seemed like towards the end he just got to where he just. He didn't necessarily care about making things that people wanted to hear. He wanted to make what he wanted to hear. Right. He made music because that's what he does. It's like it's like Juliana, who always is carrying around her art bag and is always drawing when she has free time. She just has the passion that she just constantly wants to be creating. Same same thing here. He just wanted to create, and he had it all in him, and he had the ability to just get it out, put it out there into the into the world, and move and the on to the next create, project. And the more you create, it doesn't matter how good you are, the more you create, the better you get. Right. Whether it's whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's anything. I mean, creation is its own reward and it creates creating something that has never been there before in the world. It's a pre, it's a pretty good feeling. And he did that, like I said, almost every waking moment. Up so until the time he passed away, I mean, he was creating Everything he wanted, he did everything he wanted to do in, in this life. And like I said, there's probably vaults of stuff that are out there and a lot of stuff he still had yet to come. Yep. Speaking of yet to come, well, I mean, I mean okay, before you got to wonder who's more disappointed that he didn't get to create more, him or his fans. Yeah. Right, right. So given all this, you are allowed to have one Prince song to listen to. Which one is it? That's the one with curly fries again? <laughs> Oh, sorry. I'm just kidding. We're going to vote on that for Josh. I got to look up final whether there's an Arby's around me. Uh, what were you saying, Pat? I'm sorry. Uh, I'd pick Raspberry Beret because even though it's not my absolute favorite Prince song, if it's a song that I have to listen to over and over and over again, I think that's the one that's going to take me the most amount of time to get sick of. Well, and I made my feelings very clear earlier after listening to Eight Hours of Kiss that that <laughs> is my, my all-time favorite Prince song. What did it feel like when you finally turned it off? That I wanted to listen to it again. So on the way home, when I was driving home from Matt and Matt's, I turned the radio back on and listened to it the whole way home. So it's not like "What's Up, Pussycat." Yep. Oh, I, I would. <laughs> that that story is phenomenal. But I can yeah, you I make a grown somebody. man cry by playing? <laughs> I would shoot a man in the face after thirty minutes. All right. So mine, I damn it, Pat again, Raspberry Beret for me also, because that song's just. I mean, it's fun. Yeah. That's to me is like what Prince was to me. It's just, it's just, uh, take all the, you know, the music, the lyrics, take the, you know, the... The fun video, too. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's probably the most 80s video I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, very much so. Oh, my God, is it? It's, I mean, it's got the hair, it's got the outfits, he's in that cloud outfit. 
Uh, it's it is super eighties in the video wise, but you can listen to per, you can listen to it pretty much anytime. You it's still awesome to me. But Purple Rain as an album would be uh, on my list of things I'd want to take with me somewhere if I was on an island. Mm, yeah, I think if, of his of his. Yeah, if you had to pick one album, that would be the one. Yeah, I don't know, maybe Around the World in a Day for me. That's a pretty good one too. <laughs> but so anyway, next week. We've outprinted ourselves. We have. <laughs> Rest in Paisley. Right. So <laughs> next week we are doing. I mean, the, like, like oh, I'm sorry to go back, but, no. but, but <laughs> I mean, like I told you guys when it actually happened, when he died, I was like, this death shocked me more than, than Michael Jackson's death did. Because like I said to you guys, I was like, every time you looked at Michael Jackson for the last 10, 15 years before he died, you were like, that guy's not going to be around a whole lot longer. <laughs> Something's going on there. So it wasn't really, sh- I mean, when, when you heard about Michael's death, you know, everybody was like really sad, but also at the same time, kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Well, and how much was he out of the public eye at that point? I mean, he really wasn't but, out I mean, there. After, like, after everybody princess. saw those pictures of him when he had to take the surgical mask off in court, and you saw his nose. Everybody's like, "Oh, this guy's in bad shape. Something's going on." So, but I mean, when when Prince died, it was just it, out of the blue. Like, I mean, there was no indication of anything. It just suddenly just Reddit starts blowing up and Facebook starts blowing up. Everybody's like, oh, "Prince is dead." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what I mean, you look at at all the performances he had, and and his episode of New Girl that uh, you know he was on. I mean, he was doing things. He still seemed very was, vibrant and with it. You know, it's like I mean, he exactly. didn't seem anywhere close to you know being gone. Exactly. Wasn't the, you know, yeah. Complete shock. Yeah. So next week you were saying, Mike, I forgot. We are on <laughs> which mountain? Next week is the Prince show. Yes, it's the Alzheimer show. Um, next week we're doing which mountains? We are doing um, escaped which mountain and race to which mountain. Which is the one with Prince or with Prince? With <laughs> Neither. Race we're not to watching Witch the Mountain. one with the rock in it. Yeah, it's that's that's Anna Race Sophia to Which Mountain. That's the one with the rock. the rock. Okay, all right, good. Well, technically, they both have the rock in it since it's the mountain. Yay! Uh, so, if you're uh, looking for some more of this, <laughs> <laughs> and why wouldn't you? That's right. Uh, you can find our uh, archives on uh, iTunes. You can find us on Google Play Podcasts. And um little hint out there, if it's not showing up, reset. Because <laughs> I've been looking I went looking for it for a couple of days before I found out that there was actually a button you had to press. Um And to to address the elephant not in the room, by the way, uh for those of you that noticed, yes, Josh did have to leave during this podcast. He we didn't kick him off or anything. He he just he had for well, personal see, was, reasons he had to head out. I was hoping we just let that go for the week. <laughs> Well, I figured by the end of the episode, maybe somebody's like, why are they not addressing the fact that Josh is just gone? (laughs) We're all like, nope, not even going to talk about it. Not bringing that up. All right. But yeah, so if you're also looking to get to a conversation with us, want to talk to us, leave us a message, you can call us at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Or you can find email us, 40go14 at gmail.com. Uh-huh. I'm going to put something purple on tonight. I want to feel sexy. <laughs> put put on Susie's nice purple teddy. Oh, you're assuming I'm not wearing that already. <laughs> you you mean the other one? I mean, <laughs> it's my podcasting gear. <laughs> you can't be. I am. <laughs> wow. All right. That's a place to leave it at. Um, <laughs> good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. fuck is this? <laughs> That's what happens if you search for it on YouTube. Oh.
It's wrong. It's it's like some weird video from India. Yeah, I'm gonna say the weird video from India, man. That's what the hell? Because yeah, that is not by Prince. I, I I recognize it because the same thing happened to me last week. 